Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, February 26, 2018, and we are reading from the big book on page 30 in more about alcoholism, and we will read the fourth paragraph on the page. That begins, we are like men who have lost their legs. Helping me lead the meeting today are Stacy T. on the 12 Steps, Mary Jane Z. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text, Kathleen O., Kathy Jo P., and Ashley P. Um, the uh, share ID for yesterday's Sunday edition uh February twenty fifth is one one zero nine one. And the share ID for Monday this morning, two twenty six at seven AM is one one zero nine seven. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Stacy T. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Kathy. Thank you so much for your service. This is Stacy T. and Cleveland, gratefully recovering compulsive overeater. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, 
Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Stacey T. Um, Mary Jane C., would you please read the 12 traditions? Yes, good morning. This is Mary Jane Z. recovered in Kentucky. The 12 traditions. 1. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 2. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. 3. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop drinking eating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you, Mary Jane Z. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share in what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 30, the fourth paragraph down, and I will ask Kathleen O. to get us started. Good morning. Thank you for your service this morning. Kathy, this is Kathleen O, recovered compulsive overeater in Northern California. 
And we are like men who have lost their legs. They never grow new ones. Neither does there appear to be any kind of treatment which will make alcoholics of our kind like other men. We have tried every imaginable remedy. In some instances, there has been brief recovery, followed always by a still worse relapse. Physicians who are familiar with alcoholism agree there is no such thing as making a normal drinker out of an alcoholic. Science may one day accomplish this, but it hasn't done so yet. So let me start my timer here. So we're in the chapter more about alcoholism, which is dealing with the greater aspect of our disease, the obsession of the mind. And there is so much on this one page. I mean, we're told that we don't want to admit we're bodily and mentally different and that the great obsession of every abnormal eater is that someday, somehow, we will be able to control and enjoy our eating. We learn we must concede to our innermost selves that we are compulsive overeaters and the delusion we will ever be normal must be smashed. And now Bill W. is telling us that we're like men who have lost their legs. They never grow new ones. And this sentence certainly leaves no loopholes. Um, you know, I had to give up the delusion that I was ever going to be able to control my eating. And I had to resign myself, just like the men who lost their legs and would never grow back new ones. I lost the ability to control my eating, and I would never, ever be able to eat like others who eat with impunity. And, you know, it's like once a pickle, never again a cucumber. And I had to know without a doubt that I was never going to be normal, that I had to admit I was powerless and give up that delusion and idea that I was ever going to be able to control it. Because once I started, I couldn't stop. And we have tried every imaginable remedy. You know, I tried every imaginable diet and eating plan, and most of them worked, but none of them dealt with the 400 pounds of crazy thinking in my head. The problem wasn't the food, because if it was, the remedies would have permanently worked. So the problem was my thinking. And I needed a rearrangement of my thinking, which is what the steps accomplished. Um, the sentence, in some instances, there has been brief recovery followed by still a worse relapse. And, you know, the steps will change how we think, feel, and act. And if I'm still obsessing over the food or I think I need to control people, places, or things, I'm really not truly recovered. And relapse will come because we're not fully recovered or we rest on our laurels. And resting on our laurels is being satisfied with one success and feeling further effort isn't necessary. And it's really easy to go there if, for me if I'm not working this program diligently every day. And, you know, I got abstinent, lost the weight, and I felt great. People were telling me I looked great. And I was on this pink cloud. But relapse came when I was looking normal for a long time, and I started to think that, you know, that built-in forgetter started to kick in, and I started to think, hey, I can eat just a little like my normal friends. So it's really easy to get comfortable and satisfied. And for me, the only way I can keep that amnesia from kicking in is to make entire abstinence and living these steps, living in steps 10, 11, and 12 every single day. I've got to make that the most important part of my day every single day. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kathleen O. Who would like to share on what Kathleen just read? Stephanie N. Kathy Jo P. Okay, Stephanie N. Kathy Jo P. Chevy K. Yes, please. Chevy K. Shannon S. 
chapter that helped me to identify into the program and it really hit home that nothing will ever make me a normal eater. No matter what I do, no matter what I try, no matter how recovered I feel, look, or act, I will never be a normal eater. Um, and I use this chapter to identify in whenever I'm going to a social function, I will be listening to it while I'm getting ready. Um, and I also, I'll read it if we're going on a road trip, I'll read this chapter um, pretty much every day. I just, you know, because I do have that built-in forgetter and I want to be like my husband or my sister or one of my friends. And um, this chapter is just so honest in saying that you'll never grow new legs. You will never be a different person. You are who you are. And um, once I first read this chapter, um, that's when I was able to accept that fact. I It hit home. It really, I don't know what it was about it, and I don't even know what line it was, but um, it helped me to accept the fact that I will never be a normal eater. And after I accepted that in my heart, my recovery just took off. And I let go of all of those old ideas that I could ever control this thing. And I've never looked back. Um, and I never want to look back. I love living this program. I love this way of life. And I'm just so grateful for Overeaters Anonymous and um, for the big book. My God, I passed. Thank you so much. Thank you, Stephanie. And Kathy Jo P., please go ahead. Hello, this is Kathy Jopia, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Minneapolis. I wanted the magic pill. I wanted the magic pill that first of all would help me behave with food and lose my weight and then be able to eat whatever I wanted, which most days was Mike and Ike candy things and ice cream and loads and loads of popcorn. And I kept wondering, when am I going to get this pill? And part of my disease was 44 years ago, I did a really good job on a diet. And I followed it perfectly for nine months. And I lost 55 pounds and got thin. But literally, I don't think I've done well on a diet since 1976. And part of my disease was thinking, I am a good dieter. I can put this crap down when I feel like it. And then I got into OA and I got rid of sugar, but I still wrestled and wrestled with food and concoctions and getting my happiness out of what was in my bowl. And then I was out for 22 years. 
and I was miserable and got myself up to 303 pounds. And then I came back to these realms and once again put down the sugar, but I wrestled, and I wrestled with alcohol, popcorn, and again, what was in my bowl. Someone on the line says that our abstinence should not be things that cause music in my mouth or have the brain chatter going on. And now, yes, when I do put my food on my plate, there are times where I wish that I could have more than four ounces of whatever I'm getting, but God takes care of every meal a day at a time, and my happiness is no longer with the food. And my pill is this program and the steps and the work that I do every single day. And I can guarantee you, if you work this program, you will no longer want that food. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Kathy Joe P. Uh, Chevy K, please go ahead. Hi, good morning. Uh, good morning, Kathy. Thank you for your service, and thank you, everyone on the line, for uh, sharing your experience, strength, and hope on a daily basis. I'm so grateful. So science may one day accomplish this, but it hasn't done so yet. And um, this line kind of got me thinking. And when I read this line, I kind of chuckled to myself because with genetic engineering, um, scientific research, scientific advances, new medications, new vaccines, etc., I thought to myself, wouldn't it be cute if they could make an anti-addict, an anti-addiction vaccine? I mean, they have a chickenpox vaccine and a flu vaccine. Why not a compulsive overeating vaccine? Why can't they genetically engineer a human being not to be an addict? And I think the reason science hasn't accomplished this yet and never will is because we compulsive overeaters don't just have a physical malady. We also have a spiritual malady. And that's why this 12-step spiritual program of action works. We must keep feeding our spirits, and that's our vaccine. We don't need brilliant scientists, millions in FDA funding, or investors. All we need is a higher power to inject into our veins on a daily basis and to follow these 12 steps each day on our path to recovery, and we will be, quote-unquote, cured. Um, I relapsed after having my baby a year and a half ago, and the only reason that happened was because I wasn't fully connected to God and program. I was halfway in, halfway out, one foot in the door, the other foot out, and this brought me right back to the food. My spiritual toolkit and the 12 steps slowly dissipated. But one and a half years later, after my relapse, um, thank God I'm recovered and I'm working and feeling program even stronger than I did before I relapsed. And if there's one thing I can share with everyone on the line today about my experience, strength, and hope, it's that I need to take my daily spiritual IV vaccine because without it, I'll be back in the food again. And this path isn't always easy. There are days I feel adrift and days I feel more connected. Weekends are especially hard for me. I struggle a lot. But I need to show up, do the work, and connect with God, and it always pays off. Thank you for letting me share. Have a beautiful day, everyone. And I pass. Thank you, Chevy Kay. Uh, 
Shannon S., please go ahead. Good morning. Um, <clears throat> this is Shannon S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Anorexic in New York. Thank you so much, um, Kathy, for your service. Thank you, everybody on the line. Um, I actually was just reading um, this paragraph with the sponsee this morning. And, um, you know, really, I just, I always, I say this all the time, but I love the word pictures that Bill uses in this book. I'm, I'm a very visual person, so that's really, really helpful. Um, and what came to mind in hearing this paragraph read this morning is um, remembering um, that I will never be a normal eater. Um, but also, because this disease originates in my mind, I will never be a normal thinker. Um, this this chapter goes on to talk a lot about the mental blank spot and the, the strange mental twist and um, really hammers home throughout the book that our disease originates in our minds. Um, and then the physical manifestation of those thoughts is what's played out um, in our physical bodies and picking up the food and the phenomenon of craving. So I have to remember that um, the the AA 12 and 12 talks about that we addicts do not have the dubious luxury of normal men. I do not have the luxury of um, wallowing in self-pity or nursing a resentment um, because that's going to lead me right back into the food. So not only am I not a normal eater, I'm not a normal thinker. And so there are many things that I need to do on a daily basis in terms of working my program on emotional and spiritual levels that other people don't have to do. Um, and there are times that I can definitely get resentful about that, you know, the amount of time it takes or looking at my husband or other people that they can just brush off things that happen and it doesn't um, cycle around in, in their head and literally eat them alive or push them to um, eating themselves, you know, into death or insanity. Um, and so, but you know what, it's encouraging because I come here on this line and all of you are just like me and all of you have to do the same thing. And, um, and um, also it's a real, it's a real gift because whether I'm an addict or not, um, I can benefit from this program, but I wouldn't have this program if I weren't an addict and it's such a beautiful way to live. Um, it's, it's simple. It's not always easy. But um, I'll just close with this, is that in the family afterward, it talks about that um, the the addiction actually could and does become um, the saving grace of the family and the strength of the family. And I know that for myself and for my family, my addiction has led to so many beautiful gifts. And that started with me um, conceding to the fact that I'm not like other people and that I will never be like other people. And so that keeps me coming back. And um, I just thank you for the experience, strength, and hope I get from all of you. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Shannon S. Okay, um, I'm going to take another list of people who would like to share. Christina O. Christina O. Elaine B. Elaine B. Kathy G. Daisy T. Kathy G. Uh, was that Dissy? Stacy. Stacy. Oh, sorry, Stacy. Stacy. Rebecca T. Rebecca T. Anyone else? Leah oh. F. Leah F. Oh, 
Thank you, Leah. Christina O, please go ahead. My name is uh, Christina O, and I'm a compulsive overeater and uh, in Massachusetts. Thank you very much for your service, Kathy. And uh, I'm uh, new to listening to a vision for you. For you. Um, have tremendous uh, inspiration and solace from these meetings. Um, and I, so I just wanted to say, say that as well as that um, I'm fairly new in abstinence and I do feel sometimes like I don't have any legs uh, because this is also new to me and I'm struggling and working to remain abstinent and I haven't yet done uh, steps four through nine. I'm in the process of beginning my fourth step and uh, just uh, just get tremendous inspiration from listening to you all and reading the big book this way. And I, I know in my heart from this chapter and also this paragraph that I am a compulsive overeater and there is no making a normal eater out of myself. Thank you very much and I'll pass. Thank you, Christina. Oh, and please keep coming back. Okay, Elaine C., it's your turn to share. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy Kay. Appreciate your wonderful service. So this is Elaine B. Recovered in Massachusetts. And, um, you know, there doesn't appear to be any kind of treatment that will make us like other people. You know what? It doesn't matter how long I'm in the rooms. I'm not going to be like other people. It doesn't matter how much I work the steps. I'm not going to be like other people. It doesn't matter how many people I sponsor. It doesn't make me like other eaters, normal normies, whatever. Um, there is nothing that I can do to become a normal eater again. And so um, I have to accept that. You know, the delusion that we're like other people or presently maybe has to be smashed. We spend a lot of time in step one. And the reason why is that the great obsession of every normal drinker is that somehow, someday, we're going to be able to control or manage our eating. And, you know, I love that people talk about, um, you know, that they're happily abstinent, that, you know, that they're, they're not looking for a way. They're not looking for a way out. They're not looking for a way back to the food because what they've traded out, what I've traded out personally is better than anything I could have imagined. I had no idea, not just what the food was blocking, but what every, how blocked I was from, from everything else. And I don't get to know that until I put down the food and I pick up this plan of action and I work it. When I worked it, what happens, what's promised in step 12 is that we will have had a spiritual awakening as the result, not a result. It's not one of many, it's the result. And that spiritual awakening, 
will be sufficient to bring about recovery. Our recovery, of course, is a daily reprieve. So just like I cannot pick up the food um, today, tomorrow, a year from now, 10 years from now, I can't be like a normal person. I also can't put down the steps and stop working the steps today, tomorrow, a week from now, or 20 years from now. So we spend a lot of time in, in step one, and the reason why is we need to fully concede to this. We need to fully embrace this and accept this. We need to put our, our food down so that our brains are clear as we do the steps and we get the maximum benefit. But we continue growing for a lifetime. Not on the scale, like I was growing for a lifetime. I had, I had two people on that scale with me, it seemed, many times. But, um, but we grow into a life that is second to none. You know, the big book promises, if you and the new man continue in this path, the things that God will bring to you are better than anything you could have planned yourself. So I don't plan, well, I still plan meals, but God has a plan for my life that's second to none, and I hope that you get that life as well. Thanks again, Kathy. I pass. Thank you, Elaine B. Um, Kathy G., please go ahead. All right. Thanks, Kathy. It's Kathy G., uh, one of the many Kathys on the line today. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much for being here, for your service, and for everyone. And I'd like to welcome the newcomers, to Just keep coming back. This is uh, such a beautiful place we have found here at A Vision for You. I was actually thinking this morning that the flavors of each of the speakers this morning, as they were giving their comments on the reading, are so much more interesting and enjoyable to me than the flavors of different foods are now. And I'm saying that honestly, which is nothing short of a miracle because food was so it for me. And I'm just so enjoying the people on this line. Um, and thank you again for all you have to say and share. On the second hour meeting this morning, there was a really profound question asked about if God can take um, the mental twist from us, why can't he take the physical allergy from us? And actually, I think he can. But I, I really believe that often his ways are higher than our ways. And he has more in store for us than we could ever imagine. So we may think the goal is making a normal eater out of ourselves. But he may be thinking that he has big picture in mind and he has a lot of kids that, of his kids that are suffering from this illness and maybe we're his hands and feet right now and we're the ones that he wants to use to help all of these people and in doing that we get to experience this great joy and sense of belonging and purpose. And that's a beautiful thing. And I, the final thing was I was thinking about, you know, the Paralympics, when you see the commercials and we saw them through the Olympics, there's something even more inspirational when we get to watch um, someone who has a disability of some kind or something they've overcome to get to the final goal. And I think that's how it is with us. I think because we are overcoming uh, this addiction, and this malady that 
we have an ability to inspire others like no one else does. And that's a privilege. And I'm so grateful to be fully conceded, as it said a few paragraphs earlier today, to the fact that I never will be a normal eater. But I'm so okay with that today. I am good with that because there's so much good coming into my life today. So thanks so much again for being here. Love you all. Have a great day. I pass. Thank you, Kathy G. Stacy T., please go ahead. Thank you, Kathy. This is Stacy T. in Cleveland. And <clears throat> I've been reading this paragraph for a lot, a lot of years. Well, all of, all of this. And... My disease took me to, I understood that I had lost my legs and that I would always be a compulsive eater. And I nodded when I read this. And I, it was like a spiritual revival for me. You know, I get it, I get it, I get it. And then I don't. And then I would pick up again because I was going to try every imaginable remedy. I still was learning how powerless I was over this disease and how critically unmanageable my thinking, behavior, actions, and body size became. And surrendering to, to this reality is a freedom. And I need every piece of step one and all the remaining steps to remind me each day that if I don't do um, what I've been taught by all of you, my sponsor, and what I've come to do on my own, I am at risk of believing, truly believing, that I can grow new legs, and I'll show you how. And for today, um, for the newcomers, if you've been as um, resistant to surrender as I have been, I say just keep hanging in there, knowing there is a solution as long as you surrender that you're not it. And there's just such great hope in knowing that we are not alone and that together we can go hand in hand, not as maladies, but as successes and miracles. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Stacy T. Um, Rebecca T., please go ahead. Press star one, Rebecca. Hi, this is Rebecca T. in um, California. Uh, newly recovered. Um, I'm so grateful for uh, all of you on this line. Um, I also was looking for the pill. I, I was looking um, to get what I, you know, needed, uh, which I knew the, the program had, and then I was going to go out there and do it on my own. Um, I did that so many times. Um, I've been dipping in the the rooms and the programs and the books um, for over 10 years. And um, I had to have a really bad fall for um, me to finally get it. And 
thankfully I did. Um, but I, uh, I also thought um, I had abstinence. Um, I did have abstinence for over 18 months, and I thought, good, I, I had food abstinence. And uh, I, I think my mind would think, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm cured. I can, I can be like everybody else again. Um, you know, I can slowly start reintroducing foods that I had, uh, I had given up. Um, just like I heard someone else say, you know, yeah, I could be like my mom. I could be like my sister. I could be like my friends. And um, Slowly, uh, um, the mental obsession uh, came back, and I gave uh, gave into all the foods again. Um, having said that, while I was in my my quote food abstinence, um, I did not have a spiritual program. So I came into these rooms again on my knees, and um, for the first time, I heard uh, I was in a Herb K uh, big book study, and for the first time I sat there and I told myself, I'm going to take in every single thing that this man is saying, and whatever he says he does, I'm going to do. Um, so it was, it was a really big change from before I had, you know, been to workshops and meetings, and it's like I was taking notes and, you know, writing down the information, because it sounded really useful, you know, <laughs> but it was kind of more like, uh, let me just take this information down, and I'm going to see what I like and what I don't like, and see how it works for me, and I'm going to go and live life again. Uh, but I didn't do that this time. Whatever it is he wrote, I seriously did. And um, thankfully, uh, for the past, it's been like 54 days now, I've, uh, for the first time in my life, had uh, spiritual recovery and have food recovery. And... Um, and I am convinced, and I, I don't want a pill anymore. And I and I have seen just in these uh, small few days um, how I'm able to deal with um, struggles that come through and um, personal issues. And and uh, and I'm I'm only able to um, to deal with them because I, I'm working the steps, and I have a sponsor and. Um, I do this daily meditation every morning and night, and I look for all my resentments and my feelings. And who knew? I mean, you know, before I thought it was really hard. And um, definitely some days it is hard to kind of go this path um, than kind of go to whatever the normal path is. But um, without a doubt, it saved me uh, for today, and it saved me the day before. And uh, I believe it's going to save me tomorrow, and I see that, and I feel that. And I thank you so much, uh, everybody, for being here and for welcoming me into Vision for You. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Rebecca T. Uh, Leah S., please go ahead. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you, everyone, on this line for these beautiful shares. <clears throat> Excuse me. My name is Leah S., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. So there are two questions that I never ask myself. Um, question number one, why am I a compulsive overeater? Question number two, if God could, why can't he make me also, uh, you know, remove this uh, obsession? A, um, I wear eyeglasses. I wear eyeglasses because um, I see much more clearly um, when I put them on. When I don't put them on, I have a headache. I also become like irritable because I don't see what is on the next street or what is um, 
it's 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 very important to me. So I know every morning when I get up after my shower, I put on my eyeglasses and I'm fine and I'm functioning and I'm able. B, I am very safe and secure to let God rule his world and do his thing. C, I never thought about this, but the truth of the matter is I used to overeat because I had all these difficult feelings and all these uneasiness and all these frustrations, and I was not a nice person. I really was not. <laughs> I could curse you. I could do things that that I no longer do, and thank you, God. Maybe that's why I am a compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Um, Like having no legs, that's a metaphor. It's a metaphor for... For, for this this wonderful program, for doing all the steps and for continuously looking for ways to please um, the Almighty. And um, there's a certain good feeling that I have when I do service. And I believe that is, that is the purpose of it. So um, I thank you, God, that I am a compulsive overeater and that I am always reminded through this big book and through these fellowship and, of course, the program and all of it that I am grateful and I can do everything that I can in order to recover one day at a time. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Leah S. And we have time for probably three more shares, two or three. Let's see what we can do. Would anyone like to share? Ashley P. Ashley P. Thank you. Sherry KB. Sherry KB. And one more. Heidi L. Heidi L. Okay, great. Ashley P., please go ahead. Uh, hi. I don't hear you, Ashley. Hi, this is Ashley P. Sorry, I'm having technical difficulties. I uh, recovered hear- in Northern California. Can I be heard? Yes. Thank you. Sorry about that. Um, Yeah. So first of all, um, thank you for everybody on the line today, everybody that's doing service. And there have been some really, really great um, shares today. Um, When I'm reading this paragraph, um, similarly to other people that have shared on the line, um, some of the sentences that are sticking out to me, the first one, we have tried uh, every imaginal remedy, which just makes me think of all of the different things that I tried over the years, Um, all of the pills, all of the celebrity diets, all of the celebrity videos, um, all of the Weight Watchers things, um, and, and the, one of the, uh, familiar threads with with all of those 
different means was that um, I was encouraged to eat moderately um, and and to not deny myself. And um, that was something that uh, in eating disorder treatment too, if, if I just had a little bit of everything, then I wouldn't want to have all of everything. Um, and that just really, really, really doesn't work for me. Um, and another thing that I tried was kind of working away, um, having a sponsor, having some commitments, but not really getting into the book and not really working the steps. And um, if you've been in OA before and you're um, a newcomer to vision um, and, and to this line, I can tell you that my whole life changed as a result of working with a sponsor out of this book and, um, and rigorously working the steps. Um, and then the other line that, that stands out to me is in some instances there have been, um, there's been brief recovery followed always by a still worse relapse. And that is so a way that my eating disorder likes to get in um, because it'll tell me that I can start reintroducing this food. I can start reintroducing that food. I don't have to really think about um, a meal plan or eat three meals a day. Isn't that too hard? Isn't that thinking about um, my day and, and, and my food too much? Um, and and so I'm I'm really uh, really aware these days that 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 those um, and that the periods where I could maybe eat something um, moderately for a period of time that's that's the way that my disease gets in. Um, there was about six months where I could get a thing of ice cream um, and leave it in the fridge, and I can't do that. Um, Oh, anyway, with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Ashley P. Sherry KB, please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California. Uh, thank you so much for your service, Kathy, and everybody on the line. Um, so grateful for this for this meeting. Um, you know, I, I love what a lot of people have said too. And you know, what what I think of is how um, you know the word when it says here brief recovery and always by still a worse relapse, um, always. That's pretty powerful, always. Um, that's been my history. That's been my journey. It's always been uh, still by a worse relapse when I thought I had this thing. And, you know, when I think about um, how much time, all the years of my life that I have spent trying to conquer this disease, um, and in a very short amount of time that I've really been recovered to, to compare to what, um, I spent my life doing trying to be like a normal person. Um, you know, acceptance comes to mind to me that I've accepted that I have this disease. I've accepted that I'm not like normal people. And you know what? I'm okay with it today because of being recovered, because of what has happened to me since I've been recovered in a very short amount of time when I think compared to the years that I was face down with the food and this disease or trying to control it and you know, this whole chapter is about the mental obsession, um, and we're going to go into more detail about it. And it's just that, you know, when I think about my relationship with the higher power versus my relationship with the food and how my life is, 
you know, I just never want to forget that uh, one day at a time because this will, I mean, they are telling me this is what's always going to happen to me if I keep doing what I was doing. I'm going to, if I keep doing what I keep doing, I'm going to keep getting what I've been getting. If I keep living in this book, working, working 10, 11, and 12 every day, not resting on my laurels, um, being of service, being useful, um, you know, wanting God's will rather than Sherry's will, I'm going to keep getting what I've been getting. Um, and that does definitely appeal to me more. Um, and the miracles that I've seen happen in my life due to this program, due to working and living in 10, 11, and 12, getting unblocked from my higher power, um, my disease wants me to think being in the food is better. How insane is that? Um, that's pretty insane making to me um, when I think about it. Um, and just that, you know, they're telling us right here that, you know, no one's been able to help uh, find a pill or anything for people like me. And they probably never will, not in my lifetime. Um, but I love the relationship that I have with a power greater than myself. And uh, I don't have to be in worse relapse anymore ever again, and neither do you. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Um, Heidi L., you have uh, about a minute and a half to share. Are you there, Heidi? Yes, this is Heidi L. from uh, Northern California Compulsive Overeater. Um, I just love this reading, and it's been wonderful hearing all of you and uh, just relating. I really needed this this morning. I was super squirrely over the weekend and just thinking, how am I going to live like this and blah, blah. (laughs) It's a great reminder to that surrender of my um, only alternative is the gates of insanity or death. So to continue to choose the discomfort on the days that it's uncomfortable and remember that there's a spiritual solution. And I certainly tried everything to not have to do abstinence as a way of life and even um, had some years of abstinence and loved it. But like I heard from so many other people, the little lie snuck in that possibly I could add this food or that food or try this or that and ended me up in a you know, gaining all my weight back in a four-year relapse. And I'm just really thankful to be abstinent. I've tried everything out there. I know there's no other solution. So now even when I think about eating, because it hasn't been totally removed, I don't think about another way that it could work because I'm very clear that there's no other way for me. And it's more of a choice of do I want to live or do I want to die? And that's pretty much how serious this disease is for me. And today I choose to be with you guys and be abstinent, and thank you so much for the recovery on this line and the support. Thank you, Heidi L. Okay, Um, it is now time for us to close this meeting, and thank you all who have shared and listened today. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Uh, Kathy Joe P., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. 
But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for us, for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.